So we had a guy come over to give us an estimate on replacing some fence in our backyard the other day, like 50 feet of fence, about six feet high. And I have this theory, it's kind of held true for many years, although not lately, uh, that any, you know, significant piece of upgrade or repair you need to do to your house is about 1500 bucks. You know, uh, it's happened in the past, new garage door, 1500 bucks, uh, need to replace the little area of driveway, 1500 bucks. Need to repair that part of the roof, 1500 bucks. So you see where this is going, right? Uh, didn't matter. He came, took uh, measurements, gave us some pricing options, definitely more than 1500 bucks. Said he'd get back to us with additional information. We said, well, we're just in the initial phase, gathering information, and we might not even do anything until like fall. So we could hold on until then. So it took him two days to email a quote over, which was incomplete, by the way, and confusing. He gave us just of the two options we talked about and didn't send info on the third, which we did talk about. And he didn't give us a price for the shorter side fence with a gate, which we asked for. He said, yeah, I'll get this to you. So I emailed him back and said, um, you forgot this. And he says, oh, I'll, I'll get, he got right back to me. He says, I'll send that to you ASAP. To me, that means as soon as possible. That was um, from the day I'm recording this five days ago. So apparently as soon as possible doesn't translate. So uh, yeah, still waiting. And this is from one of the top fencing companies in the area. I mean, I see their trucks everywhere. Uh, but this salesperson seemed to be a little lacking. Hey, this is Tim Patterson. And this is a trade show guy, Monday morning coffee. Uh, back after a few weeks break. Fun to be back. Uh, and you can find us at tradeshowguy.net. Be sure to leave us a thumbs up or even a quick note of review wherever you find this podcast, whether it's on the blog or an Apple podcast or on SoundCloud where it's hosted. So, you know, the whole sales thing, that's interesting because I do sales and you always try and be the best person you can to get back with information. But every once in a while you run into, actually it's more often than every once in a while, frequently you run into salespeople that you interact with that just don't follow up and you wonder why. <laughs> so this week I circle back to a guest I had on a few years ago, a fun guy named Dan Paulson because of some of the new things he's doing in the business world. Uh, fun chat. He's got a new podcast out, which we talked about. He's working on a new book, early stages. I hope you enjoy. I want to welcome Dan Paulson back to Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee. Dan, it's so great to see you again. It's been a while. Tim, it has. It's, it's been a long while. I think a lot's changed since the last time we talked. A lot's changed in the last year or so, definitely. We yes. connected, I don't know, a year and a half, two years. Well, actually, it's been about four years ago when you had a book out, Apples to Apples, which I really enjoyed, yes. how to stand out from the competition, uh, which was fun to read and talk to you about. And I know you've got a lot more going on than just a book. We all seem to have a book or two or three in us. And that's another topic, but you've also, I got an email from you uh, in the last week or two uh, about a new podcast you've got. It also mentioned a new group called the pit crew. So there's a lot to unpack here. It seems like, so first of all, how's business been for you? How have you done over the last year? Everyone has got a different story to tell. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it, I'll say this, it's been interesting, right? It's, it's been quite a bit different. Uh, I went from driving a lot and, and spending a lot of time in between meetings and coffee shops and restaurants. Of course, there were no coffee shops or restaurants to spend any time in, nor were there any in-person meetings, really. I had probably less meetings on than you could count on one hand over the course of the, the last 12 months. Um, but in a lot, of, a lot of ways, that was very good because what it allowed me to do is allowed me to get more efficient with my own business. Everything I can do, I can do remotely. So that, that's the beauty of it. Uh, I live here in the Midwest. So a lot of times people like to see you in person. And that was always the kind of sticking point with a lot of my clients as they wanted me in their office to meet 
uh, one-on-one with him. And, and, you know, of course that all changed last March. So that completely shut down and they got comfortable meeting over the phone or via zoom. And, and that's really what we've been doing ever since. So what, we, we even though I watched a lot, I'm sorry. I was going to say, we all look back and wish we'd all bought zoom stock, right? <laughs> <laughs> zoom or Microsoft teams or, yeah, right. I, I think there's three or four different platforms I've been using, but uh, yeah, it's, it's really changed things in many ways for the better. I don't mind driving uh, or miss out on driving. Uh, if I'm going to drive, I'd rather do it recreationally instead of uh, driving back and forth from meetings. And uh, it's made me a lot more efficient. So even though it, business did take somewhat of a hit, obviously a lot of companies were kind of in a holding pattern over the last 12 months. Uh, it it yeah. still turned out pretty good. So I'm not well, going to complain. I'm happy where I'm at. Well, good to hear. Uh, you did mention a new podcast, uh, Successful Not Satisfied. What, what's that all about? How'd that come about and how long has that been a thing? Well, Successful Not Satisfied really came about, so you're talking about books, right? I've got another book that I've been working on and that all got put on hold with, uh, with the pandemic because a lot of the meetings I was having with CEOs also got put on hold through that. Um, so we're hoping to restart that again soon. But mm-hmm. uh, the whole concept of the book was really, as I talk with business owners, both clients and otherwise, the high performing ones, you know, success is just a bar that is constantly being raised. Yeah. And that bar, as you raise it, obviously brings forth new challenges. So the idea behind successful, not satisfied was that, you know, as, as high performer entrepreneurs that we are, we always tend to look for what's next, and when we're looking for what's next, a lot of times that brings forward challenges in what we don't know we don't know, and also maybe uncovers some hidden weaknesses that we've got to deal with our, in our own leadership style, in our own leadership personality. And really the point of the podcast was to take a different approach. Most podcasts, you bring in subject matter experts. This was to actually bring in the business owners to talk about the wins, the challenges, what they've learned what they face and what causes them stress. And, uh, you know, it's a different approach. Everyone's really so far been very transparent and very authentic about, uh, you know, sharing their story, which for me, and, and I think for a lot of business owners is refreshing because you no longer hear about the, you know, the Cinderella story or, or the overnight success, or even if we are talking to somebody who seems like an overnight success, we're talking about the challenges that it took to get them there. And usually, again, it's, it's months, it's years in the making. In a few cases, we talked to people that during the pandemic uh, had a very positive outcome business-wise. So everything just kind of fell right into their lap. One, one uh, CEO I talked with, he owns a, a t-shirt printing company on demand. Well, the moment, again, you can go to a store to buy things or a lot of companies didn't have the setup for on-demand services like this, his his business just exploded hmm. over this. So, because uh, they also do direct ship to the consumer, which is again something that a lot of uh, even um, uh, you know the the companies that do the logo apparel and stuff really don't have the capability of to ship to individual clients along the way. So that's really where they excelled, and that's that was the whole point of the podcast: really share that side of business and get people to realize that hey, all this stuff I'm going through, it's not just me. Even the guys that seem to be doing well seem to face the same challenges I do. Yeah. So uh, I, there's a million podcasts out there. I've got one, obviously. <laughs> I've had others. <laughs> and, you know, it's funny because I listen to a fair amount of podcasts and there are a few that sort of float to the top of, you know, I listen to this one here and this one there. And and then I find a couple or, you know, 
half a dozen that I like and I keep going back to. So who would this be really aimed at that might find that, that it resonates with them about what they're trying to do? Business owners, uh, entrepreneurs, it sounds like. Uh, maybe you can narrow it down a little more. Yeah, I really see this uh, for my target, at least who I'm trying to target this towards is business owners of, I would say, larger, small to medium sized companies where they're privately held. Usually the owner is the person who started the company and they've been able to grow it to a point where, again, it's been highly successful, but now they're kind of reaching that next plateau. And what are we going to do to get over that next plateau or what are the challenges we're facing as we're, we're overcoming that? So a lot of it's really talking about uh, not only the business or the technical side of things, but it's really getting into kind of the culture, finding the right employees. How do you keep the right employees? How do you keep those employees engaged? So we're, we're touching a lot on the human element of business instead of just the technical aspects of, say, sales or marketing. Um, because again, as you know, there's millions of podcasts out there and there's millions of podcasts on sales. There's millions of podcasts on marketing. <laughs> yes, there are. Uh, but there really just isn't anything uh, or not much that I've seen anyway, that just shares the story of the business owner and the issues that they go through to keep their company growing and thriving and, and sustainable. And I suspect some of that uh, conversation may come to the point where the business owners are getting to a point where, you know, maybe we should sell it. Maybe we should hand it off to the next generation. How does that work? How does that look? One of our clients, I know uh, the owner, the, the founder is now in his early 90s. And about 10 years ago, he he made the entire company with like two or 300 employees, a self, uh, a, an employee owned company, which was oh, an, ESAP. an interesting choice. And ESAP, yeah, exactly. Um, so there's a lot of things that, 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 uh, that these business owners are looking at. I'm guessing that that could be, you know, part of the conversation. That is definitely part of the conversation. Uh, you know, if you're in your mid forties to mid fifties and you're listening to this podcast, part of what you're probably going to hear with some of the, some of the interviews that I'm doing is, is really kind of that what's next step. Yeah. And it's, it's not as easy as one would think, you know, it, it's good if you're starting to think about 10 years down the road and what does that look like? I find a lot of business owners think about six months down the road. And they're going, oh, I want to, I want to sell it, or I want to form an ESOP, or I want to pass it off to an employee. And how do we go about doing that? And it's not as easy as just flipping a switch in most cases, if you want the company to sustain itself and, and keep going. If you're just going to close the doors, lock them behind you, call it a day, then I think that's fine. But what I found is most business owners, really, this is kind of their asset. This is their retirement fund. I'm Many of them have other forms of retirement, but they really look at this as kind of their, their final nest egg. And one is how do we keep that going and how do I get the most value out of it? And two is after I sell it, what else am I going to do with myself? And yeah. we don't get a lot of that in the successful, not satisfied, but I think that's going to become an important discussion in the future is once you give up what you've been doing 24 seven for 10, 20, 30, 40 years, what are you going to do after that? Because you can only play golf so many days. I'm sure there's a few people that will correct me and say, I can play, play golf every day of the week. <laughs> right. But most people after about a month are going to realize that's enough and they're going to want to go off and do they something. Wanna, they want to so do something. Just, so what interests them? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So figure out how to repurpose yourself and and make the most of, of what you got. Because let's face it, we all start businesses with the idea that it brings us more freedom. At some point, that freedom gets respected constrained. And, and what I'm trying to help them do is figure out how to open open that up and still have the company keep going. But then the next phase is once I'm done, 
what other freedom do I want? Do I want freedom to travel? Do I have a, a special cause I want to go support? You never know. Yeah. And, and that's what a lot of people are going to have to figure out in the future. Well, that, that sounds like an interesting podcast. I will check it out. A lot, lot of opportunity for really rich, deep discussion in, in those topics, it sounds like. So very cool. I did want to mention this as well. You had in that uh, same note that was a really kind of a, a comprehensive note about stuff that's going on. You mentioned the pit crew. Um, which you'll have to tell the story of why you call it the pit crew. But the, the thing that caught my eye was this statement, My because you're forming a group, I guess. The yeah. My vision is to create a community of business leaders like yourself who want more. So let's let's uh, pivot to what that is. What's the pit crew? Where'd the name come from, first of all? So this is, again, this all ties together. So to the theme, successful, not satisfied. Um, the pit crew idea came out of actually the, the book, that I'm working on. So the book that I'm working on is called Go Far, Go Fast. And the idea is how do you create uh, sustainable, thriving companies as quickly and as efficiently as possible? And part of the secret in that is it's not so quick and it's not always so efficient, but you know, the long-term is how do you get from point A to point B quicker with fewer mistakes? And I, for, I'm a car guy, so I've, I've been a Corvette owner for probably 30 years. I've always enjoyed everything from classics to high-performance automobiles, um, everything from showing to racing, you name it. And, and a lot of the themes that I'm using in the book come out of racing terminology, pit crew being one of them. Right. Uh, initially, I had actually formed a, a pit crew, but in this uh, in that particular case, it was actually bringing together a bunch of subject matter experts that we could work uh, independently yet in conjunction with a business owner to help them overcome the various challenges they have. Uh, as I've been retooling that though and, and refining it, uh, what I realized is that talking with business owners, they really want a community where they can work out the details and challenges with each other. And in a particular niche, there isn't really a good a good opportunity to do that. You either buy into a really expensive mastermind program where you're paying so much each month, or the communication tends to be more targeted towards what I would call solopreneurs or very small businesses with, with a few employees. If you're kind of that mid-sized business where you have you know anywhere from tens to hundreds of employees, where you've been in business for 15 to 20 years, maybe where you are looking towards that retirement phase of life, there really hasn't been a good core group that you can go participate in. So my intent is to launch this group. Uh, it's been getting a lot of positive feedback. I've been at getting a lot of people asking to be part of it. Maybe part of it is also because the price is right. It's actually a free community. So really? I'm not charging for this. Uh, if you are a business owner, feel free to reach out to me and, and Tim, I'll get you the link for everything, but we'll, uh, you're invited in. And, and actually it's been so popular that I had a number of small business owners come in. So now we split the group into two. So it matches the needs of, of each particular group. So the smaller business owners are asking different questions and having different needs than the medium to large companies. And, and by splitting them into two separate groups, I'm able to put them together where they're going to get the most value out of it. Well, that sounds really interesting. Yes. It, it worth, worth checking out. Um, so you talked about community. I think community obviously is very important. And, you know, you can join a LinkedIn group, but uh, the, the few that I've joined don't seem to have a lot of action going on. And then you're right. Yep. The other ones are the high the high paid masterminds, which, uh, yes, you got a lot of skin in the game, 
So you're going to, you're going to, and sometimes you still don't get a lot out of it. (laughs) Well, that's true. (laughs) So uh, before we wrap it up here, I think it's kind of fun. You mentioned you're a car guy. I'm, I'm kind of a car guy observer. I don't, I don't own a classic car or anything. What year is your Corvette, by the way? Well, it it was a 2016. I just recently parted with it because I'm getting ready for a 2022 Z06. (laughs) Should they ever actually announce it? I will be one of the first ones to have my order in. So I'm hoping either by the end of this year, or first part of next year, I will, will be back in a sports car, but uh, well, yeah, this go. year I'm, I'm taking a break and I'll, I'll have to drive the pickup truck around. That'll be my classic car. Nothing, nothing wrong with that. You know, it's funny. Cause I, I've got a friend that's got a 72 Corvette, uh, which is really kind of fun, but he and I have been going down to uh, we're in Oregon. We drive to Monterey every August. Uh, they have the historic car races, the Pebble beach uh, car show, and to see those historic cars from, from back at the turn of the century, I mean, turn of the last century, all the way to 25 years ago, some of the, uh, some of the, uh, the indie cars from, you know, the 70s, 80s, even early 90s now racing around Laguna Seca is just fascinating to me, uh, you know, the smell of the alcohol fuel or whatever. And <laughs> it's kind of fun to watch. And, of course, the car shows, the auctions and everything. It is an interesting world. Uh, of vintage and, and uh, you know exotic cars, it's just a fascinating world. Uh, but you're right; if you want to own a bunch of those, it's, that's a different world in and of itself. So, yeah. you got to like wrenching on cars, then. And yeah. <laughs> I'm more attuned to driving them than I am yeah. to working on them. Uh, those days have, have long passed me by. But uh, yeah, we have a you know similar situation. I'm from Wisconsin. Uh, if you are a racing guy, you're very familiar with El- Elkhart Lake or a racing mm-hmm. gal, for that matter. Um, Number of uh, of great races happen up there, IMSA and uh, all the classic races. So we have what's called the Brian Redmond Challenge, which usually takes place about mid July. Uh, also happens to be around my birthday. So okay. <laughs> for whatever reason, my family decides that I'm going to do something else besides go up to that race. But it's, I, I agree with you. It's just fun to sit there on the grass line and and watch the cars go by and. Uh, I've had the privilege of of seeing some classics, but also kind of seeing the new technology and and what they're doing. And uh, yeah, it's just a, a great day. Would recommend it to anyone who enjoys cars or enjoys racing. Indeed. Uh, speaking with Dan Paulson, author, coach, speaker, and so much more, car guy. Uh, how can we find you online, Dan? I can't hear you. Uh, how can we find you online? Oh, okay. Uh, you can find me online. Probably the best place to go right now is heydanwhatsnext.com. And to actually, uh, so if you just type that in, that'll get you to my free one-page business plan. Okay. And that plan is designed to be used each quarter of your business. So it's a little bit more uh, agile approach to, to business planning. If you put backslash community, that will get you access to signing up for the pit crew. And I would also encourage you to check that out. Dan, it's been a pleasure to catch up and uh, see you again. Thanks again for spending some time here. Thanks again, Tim. I appreciate it. Thanks again to Dan Paulson for being on this week's Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee. Before we wrap up this week's One Good Thing, I ran across this just, um, oh gosh, three or four weeks ago, somewhere in an email, I ran across this watch called the Wise Watch, W-Y-Z-E. I knew nothing about them. I started reading about them. I thought, well, this is interesting. What does it do? Uh, I don't own an Apple Watch, although I have a lot of other Apple products. An Apple Watch, just, you know, I figure the several hundred dollars, eh, it's for a watch, maybe not. 1999. I went, really? 1999? So I thought, what can I lose? Like 1999. 
It came like within two days. It was great. I really like it. It's fun. It does a lot of stuff, not as much as the Apple Watch or the Samsung Watch. But for $19.99, you know, it's a pretty good watch. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, that's this week's One Good Thing. We'll see you next time here on Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee. <laughs>